On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, And he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your co-host, Derek Larger. Joining me, as always, is Cody Felger. Cody, how are you today? Hey, uh, I, I'm good. In light of everything that's going on, I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about some cold football today. All right, so let's hop into it, guys. So today uh, we had a little bit of we, – we talked about the uh, Colts draft series with Chris Ballard picks, and this is the last one that we're going to be talking about where we're going to be ranking our top 10 best Chris Ballard draft picks and our top five worst Chris Ballard draft picks. Uh, Cody, did you finally figure out your your uh, fifth guy here? I, I want to start with the worst one out of the way. All right, yeah. Um, we're going to start with the worst ones right away because I feel like yeah. th- that one's just going to go straight out. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. why don't you go ahead and... Uh, yeah, and- Sure, sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. and fortunately, you know, we were, we were talking Derek off air. Uh, just, you know, the, looking at these picks, you know, there were some obvious ones, but there really weren't a ton of, like, outright guys that you could look at and say, this guy was a high-level pick and he was a bust. I mean, there's a few, but overall, it wasn't like that, which I think is should be good news um, for Colts fans to hear. And so I'll start here with my number five. You know, it was a guy that, uh, initially I, I didn't really think of it as a bust, but I, you know, the more I thought about it, the more that we talked a little bit before we started recording, um, I kind of saw what you were saying there, a guy that was really hyped up, even though he was taken in the sixth round and that's Deion Kane, um, wide receiver from Clemson. He's a guy that was one of Deshaun Watson's favorite targets. Um, he was very productive at Clemson and, and for some reason fell in the draft that a lot of people said Deion Kane is the steal of this 2018 draft. Um, and we thought, oh, my goodness, if Chris Ballard can draft two all pros back to back and he gets a guy like Deion Kane, who we think could potentially, you know, be a number one receiver for the Colts. You know, the sky's the limit. This could be arguably um, it's already one of the greatest drafts. It could be the greatest draft. But unfortunately, you know, things didn't happen with Deion Kane. You know, he tore his ACL, obviously his rookie year. He can't help that. He comes back and, uh, you know, has de- has some decent numbers, but. You know, with playing with Jacoby Reset, he just never really got targeted and never really made much of an impact. And so, you know, he was released by the Colts kind of midseason. And, uh, yeah, I guess it just didn't work out. But I think the reason why I have him on this list is not really where he was drafted, but, you know, just kind of the hype around him, the potential that he brought. And some people thought he could be potentially the successor eventually to even a guy like T.Y. Hilton. But, you know, it didn't materialize and it didn't really work out. Yeah, so my number five uh, worst draft pick is going to be Taekwon Lewis for me. Uh, again, hurts to say for Taekwon Lewis, but you know he's drafted in the second round, um, and he's actually my fifth. And then my number four guy, who I had above him, is Dion Kane. So I had Dion ahead of Taekwon because I had 
more real, more, I wouldn't say realistic. I would say higher expectations for Dion because of uh, what he was able to bring. And because, you know, he was one of the bigger steals in the 20, uh, in that draft. So I was like, man, that, that, that was really going to be a big one. But then Taekwon just, you know, I didn't expect much out of Taekwon right away. So that's why. So that was my number four. So who's number four for you, Cody? Yeah, then it was Taekwon Lewis. So we just flip-flopped again like we normally do, it seems like, uh, like-minded there. But yeah, Taekwon Lewis, a guy drafted in the second round, like you mentioned, at Ohio State. It just has not put it all together. He's had different flashes of being a good player in the league. I mean, you throw back to that Cowboys game, and there were some other games where he was pretty effective. Um, but then, you know, overall, he just has not been able to be on the field. And when he has been on the field, he hasn't been super productive. And so Taekwon Lewis, for me, there are four, undoubtedly. Um, and I can just move to my number three guy here, Zach Banner, um, offensive tackle. He was drafted in Chris Ballard's first draft in fourth round. Giant offensive tackle out of USC. Um, but he actually got cut before the season started in 2017. And we know how bad that offensive line was in that year. So if that tells you anything on how bad the selection was, I mean, it should kind of speak volumes to that. Um, but, you know, he has he still is in the league, which I think you can't really say that about a lot of the Chris or a lot of the Ryan Grixon picks. Um, so he's you know, it's not like he was he's been a bad player necessarily. He just didn't really help the Colts. And so for that reason, that's why he makes the top three for the worst draft picks of the Chris Bowden era for me. Yeah. And so number three, I'm going to go Quincy Wilson here. Um, the only reason I have him above the other two guys is because we've seen a little bit more um, from him. You know, we didn't see a lot of him, obviously, over the last few years, but he was he was productive on very few occasions. So that's why he's only there. But like you said, a second round draft pick, we a lot all of us had higher expectations for Quincy and now he's no longer on the team. So number two for me is going to be your boy, Zach Boehner. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't, uh, I, I had expectations for him cause he was so big. I thought he was going to be, you know, much more bigger presence in this offensive line, but ultimately it just never worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for me, for number two, I have Terrell Basham, uh, third round, you know, it seems like second, third and fourth round, they weren't too kind to Chris Ballard in his first draft. Now, again, you can point to different things, you know, different scouts, all that. But, you know, overall, wasn't a great uh, middle of the round, you know, second through fourth round um, besides Marlon Mack for that, for Chris Ballard. But, yeah, I got to go Terrell Basham here. Um, he was a guy that, you know, was drafted and the Colts really didn't have a whole lot of help on the pass rush department back in 2017. And he was a guy that really didn't bring a ton. Um, I think he played all 2017. He played like partway through 2018, and then he was gone, um, especially, you know, with the drafting of two defensive linemen in that draft. It just He just became obsolete, and the Colts released him. And so he's a guy that was a decent, you know, round pick, but he just never really materialized. He played some snaps for you, which I think um, is, you know, notable, but ultimately didn't really make an impact in the long-term trajectory of this team. So, I got Terrell Basham there too. All right. And uh, number one for me was Terrell Basham for the same reasons that you had. So who was your number one? Yeah. And a lot of times you'll notice kind of this trend 
Derek and kind of like, even when we move over to, you know, the top 10, uh, the best ones, it's kind of like where they were drafted versus how they performed. And it hurts me to say, because I really liked him when he was on the cold. I got to go Quincy Wilson because he was the highest pick out of any of these guys. Um, you know, high second round pick, almost a first round pick essentially. Um, and he just did not pan out at all. He had moments though. Like, I don't want to say he was outright terrible because he wasn't right. He had moments where he showed flashes and showed really, like, he was really good. And he was drafted. He was 20 years old. So there were some questions, 30 issues on his end and it just didn't work out. You know, it was a guy that I think a lot of us, Chris Ballard included thought was going to be the Colts number one corner. And he actually ended up, you know, not even really playing a ton uh, last year. And so it's just unfortunate for a guy like Quincy Wilson, who has all the talent in the world, but, you know, just was very, very inconsistent in his play. I know he struggled with, you know, some confidence issues at times, which really kind of bogged down his play. But he showed that when he is locked in and when he is focused, he can be a pretty solid corner. But more times than not, it seemed like he kind of reverted back to lacking confidence and so he's got to be number one for me as much as that hurts to say as much as I really liked Quincy and rooted for him when he was with the Colts yeah I'm probably going to go Quincy Wilson there at one all right so there you guys go for the top five worst draft picks that Chris Ballard has had throughout his era so far um we all had the same players just you know in a different order in a lot of ways so Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to the top 10 best Chris Ballard draft picks, okay? Now, I'm going to let you start. I'm going to let you start because my number 10 is going to really whack a lot of people out, okay? but but, You'll have to hear me out on it, but I want to hear your number 10 best Chris Ballard draft pick. Okay, now you got me thinking, who in the world is he going to bring up that nobody knows about? <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, right, you'll go- know, you'll realize it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go 10 here. Um, Grover Stewart makes 10 for me. I think he's been a solid player. I think he's really started to come on, you know, last year. And I feel like the best, his best football is ahead of him. But, you know, the first couple of years, he didn't really do a whole lot. He was kind of behind some other defensive linemen. But last year, you know, he took, when Marcus Hunt got benched at that nose tackle position, Grover Stewart took that position by the horns and he did not let it go. And he actually played pretty well. I believe he had three sacks. Um, you know, he was one, he was a very key cog in that defensive line. He's still a young guy and he's a very good run defender. And I think he's just a good, nice rotational piece in, in the interior. Um, and you know, took him in the fourth round. So it wasn't like you invested super high draft capital into him, but overall, I think he's a guy that has developed really nicely. He's going to be a nice rotational piece for the Colts defensive line group moving forward. So Grover Stewart for me cracks the top 10 here. Who do you have here, Derek? I'm excited to hear your number 10. All right. I want, I want you to guess who it is and I'll give you a hint. It was in this year's draft class. Wait, what? Okay. Uh, I have this feeling it's going to be freaking like Michael Pittman or something just because of the nope, need for nope, wide receiver. Not the, not the obvious. Okay. Not the obvious. Oh, it's not the obvious. Oh, gosh. Well. Think hmm. back to the shocker pick, okay, for a lot of Okay, players. yeah, okay. I got you. I got you. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. Number 10 for me is Jacob Eason. Okay? Now. Whoa, whoa. Wait, let me what? Explain. No. Let, That's let me not explain. what I was thinking. Let me explain. Let me explain. 
Okay, so I'm gonna before go scream I have, the bathroom real fast. All right, <laughs> anyone that wants to, uh, that wants to like drive me crazy about this, just just let me let me explain myself. So the reason I had Jacob Eason here is because you know a lot of Colts fans were were wanting Jacob Eason, right? You know, we didn't necessarily think you know he was going to be the quarterback to start the year, but we. We thought, you know, a year or two down the line, Jacob Eason could be the guy. You know, it could be that. And, you know, it, it, throughout the whole draft process, Jacob Eason was a second, maybe an early third uh, round kind of guy. But most were saying second. And Chris Ballard, in his amazing ways, found a way to get Jacob Eason at the fourth round of the 2020 draft. Okay. That is why it was really cool for me because in the position that the Colts needed the most help with underlying health, because remember the Colts don't have a quarterback uh, under contract for uh, past the 2020 season. So Jacob Eason will be the only one. So that's why it was, uh, it was pivotal to me that we address that in some way. And it was amazing that we got Jacob Eason at the spot that we did. It was a really good job on Ballard's part to get that and to be able to do that. And that's why Jacob Eason cracks my top 10, just because the kind of player you got at the position you got him, where you got him in the draft is why. So I think, yes, Cody's back yet. All right. All right. Cody's (laughs) back. Okay. So. You done throwing up because of uh, <laughs> because of my. Pick. I think I've calmed down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you get mad at me. I almost put. I should have put Malik Hooker at five. I should have done it just to <laughs> ruffle the feathers, man. Just to. I didn't do it though. <laughs> All right. Oh okay. Here we go. Right. I'm ready. If you if you I didn't if know you we were doing explanation, then you'll you'd understand, but. Okay, so now let's kind of go a little back to um, reality here um, because now I can finally start getting into some players that I actually uh, have seen play on the Colts. But number nine for me is Naheem Hines. Uh, Naheem Hines is my number nine guy. Uh, Just, again, that utility back, right? He can do a multitude of things. He can be your special teams returner. Uh, is a guy that can run the ball and come out of the backfield to make a catch. Just a a very nice, uh, agile speed maker that just does everything, right? And that's why Naheem, he's only at number nine because of the fact that we still have not seen the production that I believe he can reach. So I know I've been dogging a lot on Naheem Hines in this series, but again, folks, it's just only because of what I've seen so far. I feel like he can do so much more. That's why I have him so low. So Naheem Hines at number nine for me. Cody, who's your ninth? Okay. All right. I'm going Rocky Asin. I'm going Rocky Asin okay. for a few reasons. First off, he's only played one year, right? And it was kind of a rough start, if you will. There were some games where he didn't play the best. I mean, he had some rookies ups and downs, like every rookie corner probably does at some point. But I saw a lot of good things out of Rockius. And, um, you know, being a guy early second round pick, I think the expectations are automatically set higher 
um, than a lot of the other picks that the Colts made in that 2019 draft. Um, but overall, I liked what I saw out of Rock Yesen. I thought that he um, showed really nice poise at the end of the season. I thought that he was really starting to come into his own, being a top cor- one of the top corners in the league. And I feel like now, now you know, with the improved pass rush, with playing alongside a, a veteran, you know, a former All-Pro in Xavier Rhodes, that maybe will help elevate his game as well. I feel like he's a guy that's um, one of those players that I think is on the up and up. He's an ascending player, in my opinion. So I like Rocky Hassan quite a bit. Um, but, you know, I just have him – the reason why I have him here is just because we've only seen one year of him. And, um, you know, kind of kind of like your argument with we haven't seen a ton of Naheem Hines. I mean, we just have not seen a ton of Rocky Hassan yet because he's only been playing one year. So he's my guy there at nine. And eight, I'm actually going to go Naheem Hines as well. Um, he's a guy – I think people forget – in his rookie year, when he played with Andrew Luck, he was one of the top receiving backs in the league. I know Saquon Barkley just stole the show, but Naheem Hines was really, really good in that pass-catching department. And I don't think, you know, I think 2019 was really, you didn't see him a ton, but in 2018, he was fantastic as a receiving running back for the Colts. And now, you know, you throw in the potential return game in Naheem Hines' game, you know, kind of getting that position back. Uh, I just think there's a lot of things that he can do for you. You know, we've seen how lethargic this Colts offense had been last year. And we saw when Naheem Hines got the ball in his hands, he went and made a play. And that's all he's done ever since he's been drafted. And I really like Naheem Hines quite a bit. You know, he's obviously not going to be an every down back, but he's a gadget player that you like to use. You can use him in the slot. I know he played slot at uh, in college. And so he's the guy that I really like quite a bit. And I think he's just going to benefit tremendously from a guy like Philip Rivers getting him the ball. So yep. I got Naheem Hines there. You know, he just hasn't been used a lot, like you said, especially last year, who's criminally underused last year. But he's a guy that I think is a very good underrated player. And I think he's going to benefit a lot. Honestly, Derek, this might be a little crazy, but looking from it from a fantasy perspective, I would honestly say, I might be tempted to pick up a guy like Naheem Hines as opposed to drafting one of the other Colts running backs earlier in the draft just because yeah. he's going to get a lot of potential, you know, catches. Yeah, if and you, have a, if you have a deep fantasy league, Naheem Hines is definitely a name to be very interested in. Very, very mm-hmm. good. So. Yep, so he's right. my eight. Number eight for me is Kahari Willis. Um, again, just being a rookie, it's why he's so low on this list right now. But you really have to like what you see from Kari Willis, a guy that is very smart in coverage and also is not afraid to come up and make a play by making a tackle however hard he needs to be. And that's why he fits so well into the system. So I have him at eight. And then at number seven, I have Kamoko Ture. So I know the production really doesn't match. I understand that. But Kamoko Ture is like a lot of people that are Colts fans were very excited about what this kid showed and what he's continuing to show. And I think potential for this kid uh, just goes beyond the roof. And the reason I have him above Kahari is because um, for D- the, the second actually, okay. So the third, the third most important position in all of football is the guy that's going to pressure the other team's quarterback. And that's a guy like Kamoko Ture. It's the only reason I have him above Kari because he plays the, a more important position. And I think his potential is just as high. So that's why I have Ture at seven. So um, 
Cody, who's your seven? Okay. Uh, well, just wanted to shout out the person in the comments. Uh, whenever we talked about Kari Willis, they wanted to tell you, Derek, that the H is silent. So it's not Kahari, it's Kari. I just wanted you to know that. All right. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, comment section. I appreciate you. <laughs> just so you know that. Okay. Uh, I'll say it. Kari Willis. Thank you. Thank I you. appreciate every single one of you. <laughs> now I'm going to purposely mispronounce players' names. Like, like the next guy on my list, I'm going to say Anthony Walker. Anthony <laughs> Walker is my number seven. No, oh Anthony God. Walker, number seven. I, for I me. don't like you right now. <laughs> hey, like you disrespected you. my boy Kari. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm going <laughs> Anthony Walker here. I think he's been such an underrated linebacker, though. Like, we've talked about it, you know, before on this podcast. Like, he is just such an impactful player. You know, yeah, he's a good player on the field, but just off the field, what he does, how he leads that linebacker group, I don't think it can be understated. You know, compared to Bobby Okariki and Darius Leonard, he's not quite as athletic or physically gifted, but he makes up for it by being very disciplined, by just being a leader all around. And I think that his value is very much, you know, more than, than you think just looking at him from a physical standpoint and, you know, just because what he brings to the locker room. So Anthony Walker there, especially getting him in the fifth round. I mean, that's a tremendous deal there. Anthony Walker hits, gets my number seven pick for sure. Um, and then number six for me, Probably going to go Marlon Mack. You know, he's a guy, you know, obviously Damn. you look at the running back position, it's kind of in flux a little bit. Like it seems like the top runner in a couple of years will be different than the top runner, you know, last year. I don't even know who the top runner was last year, but, you know, that guy will probably not be the top runner. You know, odds are kind of from what we've seen, you know, you think a guy like David Johnson, he had, he was one of the best running backs a few years ago and all of a sudden, you know, well, the Texans think he's worth trading DeAndre Hopkins, but everybody else in the league says, no way. You know, he's he's an almost 30-year-old running back. Why would you do that? You know, that's just kind of how the nature of the running back position is. But Marlon Mack's been super productive for the Colts, and I don't think that can be understated. Fourth-round pick, so you got kind of boomer bust type of potential there. You got Zach Banner, and I think Marlon Mack was on the other end of the spectrum. He was a very, very good find for the Colts there in the fourth round in 2017. You know, kind of coming off a few busts in a row, Marlon Mack was a really nice find in the fourth round. So he makes my number six there. I don't even know what to come up with. I, I completely thought that was going to go a completely opposite direction. I, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm honestly stunned that you put these two right there where you did. But, okay. Really? Yeah, okay. I'm completely stunned. I I, right. I guess I can't even say that for Anthony Walker. I can understand. I am completely shocked you did that for Marlon Mack, but I, I'll I'll just I'll move on. Okay, <laughs> if y'all think number seven, he if he's right at Anthony Walker, y'all are gonna hate me after what I'm about to say here in a few minutes. But anyway, number six for me is Bobby Okariki. So look. I'm not giving Bobby Okariki and Kahari Willis the nod over other guys who have been in this system now for over two years and have been very, very good. That just goes to show you how deep Chris Ballard has been with these draft picks. He's gotten a lot of them, a lot of them that are really good. So number six for me is Bobby Okariki. Obviously, 
uh, Pat McAfee, when he called him, said future Hall of Famer. Well, Bobby Okariki definitely got off to a really good start. His rookie year was rated the best rookie linebacker uh, by PFF that last season. Uh, so, I mean, Bobby Okariki is definitely a good uh, apple in the bunch here. Uh, he's got unlimited potential. He's a lot like uh, Darius Leonard, very athletic, just a very instinctual guy. So I like Bobby Okariki at number six. And then Marlon Mack will be my number five. Marlon Mack will be my number five. I mean, Marlon's been really good for us ever since he's been here, has just continuously helped this run game, and he has continuously gotten better throughout uh, his seasons here with Indianapolis. And, you know, with handling how this offseason's gone with getting Jonathan Taylor just goes to show you a lot more of the character of a Marlon Mack so I can really appreciate not only his abilities on the field, but just understanding the team needs and just not taking it personally and just taking it as a good challenge to have. So Marlon Mack for me at number five. So Cody, who's your number five here? Harris can't just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, I knew I that was coming. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Hey, he very well could be in the, if we do this list a year from now. Yeah. Uh, number five. Number five, Braden Smith. I like Braden Smith a lot. You know, he is a guy that's so underrated on that offensive line. You, Eric, you've said it multiple times. He's a guy that has to face that team's best pass rusher every single week. And he has been really good, especially because considering when he was drafted, Chris Ballard even said, we saw him as a guard and he's been played offensive tackle every snap since then, since he's been able to play. And so like, he's just such a good offensive lineman. Um, I think I saw a stat. Um, I don't know exactly, but it was an insane amount of rushing yards per attempt when they ran behind Braden Smith on that right side. And he's just, you know, kind of similar to Anthony Costanza in the way that he's an excellent run blocker and he was getting better in the pass pass, uh, protection standpoint as well. Um, I think, you know, with Chris Strausser and kind of the way that he likes to train his offensive linemen, um, I think it really fits kind of Braden Smith's skill set a lot better, more of the attack mentality as opposed to waiting back, you know, for the defenders to come to you. And I, I really think that that plays to Braden Smith's strengths a lot. So overall, I like Braden Smith quite a lot. He makes my list here number five, super underrated player, but he's been a super solid player for the Colts offensive line. Number four, Bobby Okariki. Uh, rookie linebacker you said it Derek already the best rated rookie linebacker by pro football focus Um, he's just a tremendous athlete I mean you know for a guy that didn't really get on the field a ton to start the year you know when he got on the field he was making plays after plays after plays and I'm just excited to see him now in year two with more of an expanded role in this defense and to see him play from week one all the way to week 16 and seeing kind of the resume that he can, you know, continue to build because he was only a rookie last year. He's going to improve on some things. He's going to clean up some certain things that he struggled with last year, potentially. So I like Bobby Okariki quite a lot. And I think he's definitely um, worthy of the number four for me. All right. So I'm assuming that your number three is Kari Willis. Yep. Kari. I figured I figured that Kari Willis would be it because you know you you haven't said his name yet and you know Kari has to be <laughs> your guy so you know 
no disrespect Kari. to Kari Willis. We love you. You're an Indianapolis Colt. We both really love you, and we would love to have you on the podcast sometime. But anyway, uh, number four Famous for play. me is Braden Smith. As an offensive lineman, I am very much appreciative of Braden Smith. So Braden Smith is my guy at number four because even with the the hype surrounding Quentin Nelson and all these other guys, Braden Smith has been a constant good factor. He's not missed games. He's been pretty consistent throughout the throughout his tenure so far. I mean, he's not been elite, but he's not been bad either. He's been a very solid right tackle that, like you said, has always gone up against some of the better competition from the other side because they like to take advantage of him. So Braden Smith at number four for me, because like I said, guys that have been in the system for a while, I'm not going to put somebody ahead of them that is still only was only a rookie last season. All right, so the pick that's probably going to get me hated in the comments section, Anthony Walker at number three. Okay, so our, our friend Cody here had him. Where did you put him? You put him at seventh. Okay, th- I find that mm-hmm. insanely disrespectful to my man, Anthony Walker. Say whatever you want about Bobby Okariki. Say whatever you want about all these other guys. Anthony Walker has been the consistent forefront at that linebacker core. He has been there every season. He was a fifth round draft pick. Barely anyone knew who he was. I didn't know who he was. And I, and he came from the conference that I watch football a lot of. And so I didn't even know who he was. And he comes in here, gets a hundred tackles plus every season has himself a sack here and there gets himself a turnover here and there. Anthony Walker is legit. He is a good linebacker, a really good linebacker at that. Very underappreciated, very undervalued. Anthony Walker deserves to be at number three. Now, we've gotten through our top, all the way to our uh, third spot. So now, I think everyone can kind of understand who's number one and number two at this point. So, Cody, is it going to be the same thing that you put for 2018's draft? Oh, no. I mean, when you said it, I was like, you thought. Um, yeah, I am. I am. Uh, because of the reasons I already stated, if you haven't watched that episode, go back and check out that episode. I feel like I laid it out pretty well, my whole explanation. I don't really want to go through that spiel again because it it's a long explanation, but I just basically feel like, you know, based off of where they were drafted and the expectations placed on them. I feel like Leonard has exceeded those expectations and for the places they were drafted. I feel like Leonard has exceeded more of the expectations because we all knew Quentin Nelson was going to be a dominant offensive lineman. Like we knew that. So that's the reason why I have him there overall. I feel like Nelson is probably the better player just because he's a generational player. But I think just because of, you know, when you look at the draft, you talk about draft steals. I feel like he was more of a draft steal, if you will, than a guy like Quentin Nelson. I mean, here's the thing. We all knew Quentin Nelson was to be a really good left guard, but nobody knew he would have the impact the way he did it. Nobody really anticipated that until he got into training camp and everything else started changing. You know what I mean? I mean, this offensive line went from being one of the worst offensive lines to a season later 
being ranked the third best offensive line in football. And then last year was ranked the best. I mean, incredible what this kid has done, what Quentin Nelson has done for this offensive line. And Darius Leonard, obviously, I just did a segment on Darius Leonard. Uh, if I'm sure that's going to be up before this one. So make sure you check that one out. Uh, if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, just check our channel. You, you'll see it. So, yeah. um, all right. So that was our top 10 best Chris Ballard draft picks and our top five worst Chris Ballard draft picks. Be sure to let us know in the comment section what you guys think. Um, there, there's a lot of debate to be talked about where these guys could go. And, you know, I mean, because it, it, it ultimately, I think most of us can agree on who's in the top 10 and who's the top five worst. But it's just ultimately, where do you rank them? That's uh, We want to kind of hear you guys' opinions on that. Um, and in light of all, so I, I think we can just take a moment here. Uh, if you made it this far into, uh, the podcast, um, we'll, we'll end it with this here. Um, and I think I can speak for Cody on this as well. I'll let him speak for a second. Um, in light of everything that's going on in the country right now, um, this obviously is a very serious time and, you know, everything is kind of being thrown way out of proportion at times. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for Cody, but I, I know that me as a white person, I am taking responsibility for understanding what is going on in the world right now. I'm, and, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where I'm I'm speaking out. I obviously want justice just as much as the next person does for George Floyd and for, you know, all racial injustices. We, I, I obviously want that um, just as much as anybody. And, you know, I, I've said it on Twitter um, multiple times. Uh, and I, I just hope everybody stays safe out there. Be smart and be safe. It's the best way we're going to be able to uh, beat this uh, and just be able to be better as Americans. So, Cody, I, I didn't know if you wanted to say anything. Yeah, in, in addition to kind of what you were saying, Derek, um, we kind of talked about it off air. You know, we really hope, you know, this is obviously such a tough time for so many people and uh, everything like that. We just hope that this podcast can be, you know, kind of just kind of an escape, if you will, at certain times from all the, you know, you see, if you scroll Twitter, I'm sure if you scroll Facebook, Twitter, you see it everywhere. So we're just yep. hoping this could be a place of positivity for you to just come and just listen and, uh, you know, we're so thankful for all of our listeners, all the people who have been willing to support this channel throughout really over a year now. And we just want to say thank you for that. And we hope you all, like Derek said, stay safe during this time and that, uh, you know, we hopefully, you know, things can get a little bit back to normal and everybody, you know, can be well and healthy and, you know, football season can come along and we can continue to talk about that. So um, that's all I really wanted to say. All right. Sounds good, man. Uh, thank you guys again so much. We hope you enjoyed. Thank you guys, Colts Nation. And as always, go Colts.